the volume. Moneyline Monaco is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free, no deposit required. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Why do you play on FanDuel? FanDuel Fantasy is an easy-to-use app. Pick a new team every game. Different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Contests include full slates and single game contests. Compete for top cash payouts. Unique product features. And compete against your friends in head-to-head matchups. For new users, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com forward slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com forward slash cowherd so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. Let's go. with another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Your host, Alex Monaco, fired up to be with you. It's a Friday. Crack open a beverage, but make sure you get your work done first. Another special edition episode we have from the Volume Sports Network by way of the Action Network. The one and only Simon Hunter, co-host of the Chad Millman Favorites podcast. That's right, Simon Hunter, your NFL pro, better, extraordinaire, expert. Pick a nice little name in the dictionary. This man has called, I, I thought there was only one lad who took the Bucks in an absurd futures fashion. I now know two, Simon being one of them. We get to a very riveting in the weeds discussion later on the podcast. Be sure to hang around for it before the picks on all things NFL. The draft. Is Mac Jones really going three? Is the value worth it? On top of that, who he likes next year. Where the value for divisional winners, conference winners. What his overall takeaway is on when to fire on NFL futures. Timing is everything, baby. When Harry met Sally. Hi, how are you? But before we get into it, A, be sure to subscribe to the Volume Sports YouTube channel. We are rocking and rolling. The Chris Gronkowski interview is up live. Shout out to Ryan chopping that up. Benny Hanna with it. Brums on the ones and twos. And all our picks are on there. Fresh off. Another Champions League W. I don't know how we're doing it. Man City, it's a double dub. It was a Man City win. It was a Borussia Dortmund City under 3.5. 2-1 exactly how we drew it up. And the Bulls lose to the Magic. Other than that, we had a gorgeous, perfect Matsuyama 
Type Wednesday. But it's all about what we do now today and moving forward this weekend. And I got a lock of the day. I got a degenerate special. I got a prop shop for you. And it's not one sport or two sports. We are dancing on three. So without further ado, we start with our lock of the day. And this isn't just any NBA game, baby. We're talking about Doc Rivers Sixers. Now number one in the East, hosting the X. We are selective when we shout it out. But I am going to absolutely unequivocally rock with the new number one seed in the East protecting that seed like we love to say Derrick Henry protects the rock in the fourth quarter down the gullet of the defense. Not only are the Sixers on a three-game win streak and first in the East, they are two numbers for you that really give you a gorgeous sample size. A, they survived without Embiid, 7-3 and three, during the 10-game stretch without him. B, they are 25-12 and 12 when coming off of a win. They had one on Natty TV over the Nets. And second in the entire association when they have a day off at 26-10. and 10. Now, if you look back real quick on the first time these two danced at the Staples Center, Doc's real first beer pong rebuttal game, there was no Embiid. Terrence Mann gives you 23 off the bench. That won't happen. And here's what I'm not concerned about. Kawhi and Paul George, who are both coming into this game off a rest, should they both dance, gave you 52 points. And they only put up 122 and won that game by 10. And if you're really looking at Embiid, who has been averaging 30 points, nine boards since his five games back from the injury, coming off 39 points and 13 boards in that Nets Wednesday W. Embiid is the difference tonight in my lock of the day. And just the cherry on top for you. The 5-1 and one since Embiid has come back Sixers on a three-game win streak going against a team that only had 10, 10 Danny Dimes against the everything but bad boy Pistons on Wednesday. I mean, I was lucky to even cash that money line. I know they had a few lads out. You may say a sick 21-4 backdoor run that the Nets had against the Sixers. Doc has been around the block long enough to where when he wins, he still loses if you close a game like that. So that angry, hangry, Nita Snickers energy is going to be catapulted into this Friday night on Natty TV, ESPN, Grab your T.O. popcorn. Give me the Sixers over the Clippers. Lock of the day. There's just no way Tyron Lue, the understudy, goes 2-0 against Doc. It won't happen. This is the bounce back rebuttal game. And the podcast starts with the Sixers over Clippers W. Let's keep it moving. And we are going up next with the degenerate parlay of the day plus 131 it's a two team english premier league sunday morning arsenal man u over truly inferior opponents arsenal dancing against fulham man u dancing against 
Burnley, Arsenal's minus 140, Man U's minus 290. You put those in a little parlay blender to go, and you have yourself a parlay at plus 131. Let's get in. Let's get out as fast as that Cali drive through that the one, two, and three you can't get enough of. Okay, let's start with Arsenal, who has outscored their opponents 7-0 in the last two games. They spanked in the Europa League just a couple of days ago. For nothing, when you get a goal from Saka, Lacazette, and Pepe, that's exactly the good burger secret sauce you need with Arsenal. And they are 6-3-1 against Fulham in their last 10 at home, going against Fulham who has dropped five of their last six. Okay, Fulham, just to give you an idea, is going back more than likely to the Championship League going to get relegated. I'm actually shocked at Arsenal's minus 140 on the money line in this game. And you're going against an inferior squad. Fulham doesn't score. They play pesky defense, but they don't put anything in the back of the net. Fulham has dropped five of their last six. Arsenal has seven goals, zero relinquished in the last two. You do the math. Now let's go over to Man U against Burnley. Look, Man U sitting in second right now in the driver's seat in the Premier League. They haven't lost. They haven't lost in April. We're in the middle of April, people. Burnley hasn't won in April. One team hasn't lost. One team hasn't won. This team is upside of plus 27 goal differential. Man United, they call them the devils, baby. They are 18-9-4 on the season. They're 6-4 in their last 10 matches. Burnley's 2-5-3 in their last 10. Their best player is their keeper, Nick Pope. They're going to need much more than a Pope prayer to take on Man U at Old Trafford on Sunday morning. Who, by the way, is 6 wins, 3 draws, only 1 loss in their last 10 against Burnley. They will not lose to Burnley. Arsenal will not lose to Fulham. Put that on a little Sunday morning. Oh, your guy wants a call because he's down? Well, not anymore after you hit this two-team. 5 a.m. Pacific time, Arsenal start. 8 a.m. Pacific time, Man U, Sunday morning. Get it in today. Get it in tomorrow. Do not forget to get it in. That's it for the D-Gen special. We wrap it up with a prop shop and we go back to the octagon. We have Robert Whitaker taking on Kevin Gastelum. This is a fight that has been highly anticipated and should have happened since 2019. It is now happening as the co-main on Saturday night and I will take Robert Whitaker. But It's a prop shop segment, so he's minus 280. We know the Reaper's going to catch a W. Gastelum is plus 220, but here's the value. Robert Whitaker in points. That's all the way to the end, plus 135 on your FanDuel Sportsbook all day. Two reasons why I like Whitaker in a decision. Number one, he's bounced back and won two straight since he lost to Adesanya, which was arguably the biggest match of his career. Secondly, Gastelum, only one win in his last four. And riddle me this, okay? These two guys, they don't typically get knocked out. 
Whitaker endured 111 significant strikes from Romero in their second fight, and Gastelum went a full five against the style bender. Whitaker is such a tactical fighter. He's going to keep this on two feet, but because of this stat, Gastelum has never been finished by strikes in 23 matches. Think about that. 23 fights in Kevin Gastelum's career. He's never been knocked out by just a strike. And you have Gastelum having four of his last five go to decisions. So Gastelum typically goes the distance. This is a five-round fight, co-main, 25 minutes. It's a long time to dance. And if they go to the ground, that's not a terrible thing for the going the distance. It's minus 140 for it to go the distance right now. There will be a way where they just dance and they tango all the way to the end. So on that note, I feel my best bet, it has to be the Reaper, Robert Whitaker. Two T's, hold the dub. On Saturday night, in the co-main, plus 135 on FanDuel over Kevin Gastelum. The highly anticipated matchup going on a couple of years. Whitaker is dialed two straight wins since his Elvis at Asanya. Gastelum, he had a three-fight losing streak. All right, so he is absolutely at a disadvantage. His best bet is to try to dance on the ground, try to get some sort of wrestling going on. Whitaker's IQ is too high to let him do it. He won't put himself in any compromised positions, but I think Gastelum, he's got that strong chin, baby, so I don't think he goes down. So it's Whitaker to win. I got him to win, but I got him by points at plus 135, and that wraps up today's show. We now get into the exclusive interview on the Friday podcast. Simon Hunter, Action Network's pro NFL better, co-host of the Favorites pod, with Chad Millman on the Volume Sports Network. Without further ado, all things NFL gambling talk right now. Enjoy. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA Impact. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA Impact turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcomes of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you more ways to win. FanDuel's exclusive home for NBA Impact, so the action is always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use, and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to, because NBA in play is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app. Start playing NBA in play today. Fired up to be on the mic with a professional sports gambler of the Action Network, and now on the team of Volume Sports, the one and only Simon Hunter, at Simon Hunter T-A-N, on the Twitter bird. Simon, good to see your face again. How are you? Co-host of the Favorites Pod as well on the Volume Sports Network. Yeah, man. It's good to see you again, dude. The Thunderdome, that was uh, that was a good time last time we ran into each other, so hopefully we keep the good times going. Thunderdome, I, I did not know what I was walking into. I'm just glad I got the Jim Nance question right. 
we uh, we didn't get my sports card revoked for missing that one. Uh, dude, so NFL draft is just a couple weeks away. Um, I, I want to talk all things NFL futures with you, but let's start with the draft. I feel like personally, given Shanahan traded up, to the three spot we're staring at on FanDuel. It was minus 300. Now I'm seeing minus 270 for Mac Jones to go three to the Niners. I mean, what say you from a future standpoint, it's going to go Lawrence. It's going to go Zach. What would you do if you were betting at the three spot on this Shanahan love affair with, with the homie Mac? Is it for real? What say you? I would say people listening. I'm all about value. And I think you missed it where if you do think it's going to be Mac, he was, I think his over-under was 15, 15 and a half, like just a month ago. So you kind of missed the value there where if you're going to take maybe minus 300, it sounds good in theory. I know Shepard's tweeted it out, but I still think people are sleeping on the whole Shanahan was what made RG3 RG3. That, that year of RG3 being this electric running quarterback, took the league over, that was with Shanahan. And I think the comps with Field and, and RG3 are, are real, like that. Fields is a greater version of RG3. So it could be all smoke screen. So right now, I don't love the Mac thing where it's minus 300 or minus 270. Like you said, I, for me, the value would be Fields. So if I was if I was itching to get a bet down on that one, I'd, I'd probably take the Fields. It's about like plus 170, plus 180. So I think the value is there. And and just on in terms of Justin, his draft position over under right now at four and a half. The overs minus one one six. The under is minus one oh six. Of course, the Falcons fourth on the the draft board after the Niners. I, I mean, I, I just spoke on it, and I'll get to where I have Kyle Pitts going over under five and a half. But but what do you? What do you have to say about Fields? I mean, they're they're questioning his work ethic on, on the Twitter bird, which is driving him nuts. You'll love to see a little chip on his Jalen Hurts shoulder, if you will. Uh, what what say you on on what the Falcons do? And do you have a lean on over under there four and a half? Yeah, isn't it kind of interesting how you don't hear him, you hear that about him, but you don't hear anything about Zach Wilson, who wasn't a team captain and was supposedly kind of lazy. So, I mean, we can take that for what it is. Honestly, uh, I love Fields, man. I'm big. I'm big on Justin Fields upside. <laughs> Me too, man. Uh, it's it's interesting here where you just said, like, you did that bet with Pitts, and I did love that, and now I'm getting a little worried about it because it's the more you hear, it sounds like Atlanta's going to be trading out of this spot. Maybe they'll take a quarterback or maybe they're going to trade out, and this is that really that interesting position that it's – if they do trade out and someone takes a quarterback, that means the bank's like they're going to take a line. So, like, that's what's making nurse for the Pitts play where – I was feeling good about it. It felt like it was kind of a lock that Atlanta was going to take him. Um, so now it's it's definitely getting interesting here where the biggest rumor I'm hearing is Patriots. I'm hearing a lot of rumblings from guys about the Patriots coming to that four spot. So, so, so when you're gambling on the draft futures and we're just a few weeks out, like just take us through your thought process on these quarterbacks with over under. We can get to Trey Lance in a second, but. If we're staring at Fields, Justin Fields, quarterback, over under 4.5 on the draft spot. So obviously the under, if he goes in the first four, you cash. If he goes fifth or above, you lose. If you're hearing Patriots trade rumors, you're not quite sure what Atlanta's going to do because they have so many arguably holes. You could you could really go on three phases of the football with a new head coach in the whole shebang and, and, and Fontenelle only there a, a year and some change at GM. 
what do you do from a gambling perspective? Do you take the safe route? Do you fire on what you think might happen, like a Patriots trade? Because if if they are going to trade it out, you would imagine it's for a quarterback, which like if we're looking at it like mathematically like an equation, then you would take fields in the under. But what's what's your thought process? Yeah, it's it's tough. So basically, I've I've luckily I've worked myself a position now where my so the group I work for, I just do NFL for them. And it used to be all my responsibility was the whole season. So I have to do the draft, the season, the playoffs, the Super Bowl. All that was my responsibility. I finally have a minion. So I've had this guy do most of the draft work this year where I've spent most of my time in the quarterbacks because that's helped me for the upcoming season, like knowing everything about these rookie quarterbacks. It's sure. it's crazy how much value you can find. Um, where this year, uh, it's been interesting where I, I have a – two or three guys who I really trust mock wise and depending on the things they say and do, I really trust that over a lot of people is just noise. They're either in deals with agents or whatever. It's, it's tough to know what's real and what's BS. So when I'm doing this, it's all about my guys. I talk to that are on the inside. So I have like a bunch of different guys, especially on the desert in Vegas that they know guys on teams, different people and personnel, little things that they're getting tips from or, these guys were just telling them complete BS to try to get them off the scent. It's, it's definitely a, a dance, but everything I hear, it just sounds like that Mac Jones thing is real, which I can't believe. Like I, I, I want to believe, believe the field that I can't either because it just, it feels like Mitch Trubisky 2.0. It's like a guy's played one season. He did. He played great this season. I won't take that away from him. He also played with two guys who are about to be top 10 wide receiver picks. Like, the whole thing just feels bizarre to me where it's, it's, it's Najee Harris is first running back off the board. I mean, and, and Colin talks about it too. Coward. He talks about how like this guy is not under duress. He's throwing the wide open receivers. I mean, I know he's in the sec, but just you, you alluded to it. I'm fascinated that with the upside of what Trey Lance could be with his arm fields with his, with his athleticism and his leadership. How, how do you go Mac Jones? That's why I, I'm wondering, like, is it a, is it a Shanahan scheme? Like I said it before, like he wants to be with the Madden controller and and doing it. He wants the McVay golf control in the headset. And that just and then I got my counter my counter that this whole time has just been the RG three thing. It was just like, whose upside would you rather have, the RG three or Kirk Cousins? We see what Kirk Cousins is like. What is that? That's not going to win you a Super Bowl. So that's why I don't get where. Uh, if I'm a if I'm a GM and I'm drafting, it's like why would you not just draft upside? We're like you just talked about two guys that have crazy upside. Well, we kind of feels like we knows what Mac Jones is. This guy is he's a black quarterback. He could be good. He could be a solid quarterback, but he doesn't really light it up. So it's it's definitely been tough, man, with this draft because a lot of the guys I'm talking to too, they're they're having a tough time too getting info off teams because a lot of these teams haven't done the normal combine. They haven't met with these guys. A lot of them are doing Zoom calls, and there's only a limited amount of Zoom calls you can do. So what we're like, most like what we talk about, especially these other sharp groups, these guys I talked to, these other pros, they're, they're just telling me to bet the unknown. They said, go the upside plays because they think it's going to be a really wild draft. So that's why I like this for like this whole thing with the land and the Patriots. I think if something happens there at the four spot, it's going to throw the entire rest of the draft for a loop. Because like you just said, your pits thing is five and a half because everyone's banking on him going four or five to the Bengals or to Atlanta. So a lot of things can change as soon as one little move is made. Yeah, and just kind of on that Patriots note, just looking at division outright winners for next year. I mean, right now in the AFC East, Bills are minus 155. Of course, favorites from last year getting to their 
conference championship for a first time in a Buffalo minute, but the Pats are sitting there at plus 390. I mean, is this, again, you just spoke on the Mac Jones at the 15 spot over under. Now he's all the way down to three. What say you when you, and you can give an overall answer on how you assess when you time division outright winners, but when you are, and you just mentioned breaking down next year, looking at the rookie quarterbacks, when you're looking at like a Patriots plus 390 and they've restocked so much this past offseason, do you fire before the draft, before these trade rumors? What's your, what's your takeaway on just from a professional standpoint, the timing of when you want to fire on divisional winners in, in April? For sure. I got a lot of these things I'll bet early on because most books are going to limit you to a thousand like per bet, just because it's so early, like they don't want to have so much liability on these certain things where the Patriots, it's tough. It's, it's, it's one of these where last year, it's not like it burned me believing in them, but I believed in Bill. I think Bill could maybe get this team to hit their over under. I think it was like eight and a half or nine. And like you just said, they have a lot of guys coming back. They've just spent a lot of money, but we're still in the same spot. We were last year where Cam's their quarterback. And it's a little scary where, I'd rather bet on the upside of Tua with Miami and the pieces they have in Miami or just play it safe with the Bills than I would just risking all this money on Cam because I love Cam. I love Cam's career, but we've just seen it. He breaks down. He just can't stay healthy. So for me, at plus 390, I, I get why people think that's the value, but I had this great out plus 500. So it feels like it's already either been bet down or maybe the public has already come in on. So I, I just don't see the value there right now, the Patriots. And when you're looking at futures – Simon, the the idea of just good value, like you know how it goes. The public never wins, or you know, Vegas wasn't built off losers, however you want to want to chalk it up. When, when you're looking at game by game in the NFL, it's so different than these futures. I mean, d- really give me an idea of for for the audience listening, the what is great value when you're talking division winners. Maybe even an MVP, a conference winner, who you like to win the Super Bowl, Chiefs first, Bucks second. I mean, when you're going down the list of futures months out, how do you determine what's great value versus what's okay value versus what the market could be, you know, a couple of weeks into the season? Can you even traject that far out? Yeah, I would say I try to tell most people that the more you know about the NFL, the less you know. And that's like why people lose money on the NFL because they think they know what's going to happen. Oh my God, Patrick Mahomes is only minus three against old Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. This is an easy bet. And they get smoked. So that's what I try to say to people is I'll say things. They'll tell me I'm an idiot or I'm crazy. And then a month or two later, they're like, okay, you, you were spot on. You, you were good with that. So with these long shots, I, I try to have people take a step back and look at the season before and you fade that season. So Last year was kind of a fluke thing where I got lucky. I bet on the Bucks. Uh, they were like 55 to 1 to win the Super Bowl last year. And it was hit a simple that. fact. Yeah, hit that. But I I, I didn't believe legend. in it. So I didn't believe in it. So I've been hedging the whole ride. So like wow. I, I, I believed in Brady, but I thought he was gonna get tripped up there against Green Bay. So I made a nice profit in the Super Bowl, but like I, I should have just let it ride. I should have just believed in Brady. But I was like, man, Rogers is due, but uh that it <laughs> He wasn't. It was still Brady's time to shine. So. so when you so when you have a futures like that, just take us real quick on a little look gambler's note. You're hedging, which of course is betting against what your future ticket is to try and save some money, recoup some funds, whatever you want to call it. 
are you hedging every playoff game? Like, obviously, I'm sure you thought they were going to get past Washington, but when they were playing the Saints, when they were playing the uh, the the Packers, are you hedging? And even in the Super Bowl, are you hedging? And what is your gambling like? What's the sharp professional two cents on if somebody feels like they're holding a Willy Wonka golden ticket for the Super Bowl? What do you say to somebody on their way to that ticket cashing or not? Because you just experienced it game by game. <laughs> for sure. Um, I would start by saying, like, I do a free podcast and I post picks for free in the Twitter app and on uh, in their, uh, on Twitter too. So I work for a group where we have like maybe a hundred clients and uh, basically that's my job is I sell picks to these people and they, they bet those things. So when I do futures, I love long shots, man, because it always works out for me. And it sounds really stupid at the time. And when I'm doing it, it sounds stupid, but, like even the 49ers, uh, they were 55 to one the year they went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. So the reason I liked that bet so much was I looked at the 49ers and I said, they have a good defense and Jimmy's coming off an injury. So he was unhealthy the year before. And my mind was, if he can just get into the playoffs, they'll probably be whatever, a thousand, like they'll be dropped down. Their odds will be way lower than 55 to one. So the same thing where I try to tell people is you're, you're looking at teams that they've either upgraded positions or they're a team that people are a little down on that. They're just, they're unassuming coming into this year. So a team I really loved was the Colts. And what I love about them is that they have all these pieces around it where Philip Rivers just retired and he only lost by four points to Buffalo and like literally like played the bills to the final whistle. Like this man gave everything and he, then he just retired. So when I'm looking at them getting Carson Wentz, I'm seeing a guy that everyone's checked out on. His team just gave up on him. Fans have given up on him. And they say he's injury prone, yada, yada, yada. He's played two full seasons now. So he's played two, two, two full seasons of 16 games. And he's coming off a year where it just seemed like he was in his own head. Like he had all his own stuff. He just had a child. He had Jalen Hurts behind him. And not that he's mentally weak, but he was kind of mentally weak. Like the guy kind of fell apart, was absolutely awful. And hey, you know, Philly, I mean, it ain't easy to play there. I'm, in, I'm born and raised in San Diego. You can hit 260 and no one will bat an eye. So, I mean, I, honestly, the team left and half the town doesn't even know in terms of the Chargers. So, I, I can't speak from what you can. But I, to your point, I feel like I'm picking up what you're putting down. I mean, people were absolutely in his, in his head all season, fan, fan and inside the locker room. Bro, they're nuts out here. I mean, like. As an Eagles fan, like people are always like, oh, we get such bad raps. Dude, we're, whatever people say is the truth, man. Like the stuff I've seen at Philly tailgates, like Jetro Lot, man, like it's whenever someone, whenever I bring someone to a game, they even have the audacity to wear the other team's color. I'm like, dude, I'm going to get jumped with you. Like there's, I don't want you even wearing that in there with me. So all the, everything people <laughs> say about Philly is true. We're like, they're, they're just nuts fan bases, man. Like, I literally, we just won a Super Bowl three years ago and I want Howie Roseman fired, my general manager. So I think he's a joke. So like we're nuts, bro. But so yeah, back to your point. So you like, so you're going to fire on, I mean, because I actually took it as soon as Wentz went to the Colts. I I thought the same thing. I took it at plus 110. I think it's down to plus 105. The value hasn't changed, but you like the Colts to win the South and maybe even more. Right. That was like one I sent out to my clients immediately where even before he went there, I was just like, I don't know if they're going to get Wentz here or they're going to get Deshaun Watson but they have a ton of cap space and room and they're going to make a move. Like they had the draft capital. So that was one of those, like I was going to say with the bucks. So I, I'd, I'd hit the bucks 
like five times. So I bet a thousand each time. So it was like 55 to one, 50 to one. And then I got two 40 to ones after Brady went there. Maybe it was 35 to one. So when I get those things, people do things called prop swap, which is going like this website and you can yeah, sell yeah. your prop if you can hedge, which is like, dude, if you don't have the money, I, I I'm, I'm cool with people doing that stuff. Cause it's like, if you're building a bankroll, take that money now and just keep adding to your, your, your money where this is my job. So like, like this is like how I make income for the year. Like I, I do get money from like the, my other job I work for. And now I got hired by uh, Chad and Colin here. So I'm finally getting like real paychecks, but it's different with me, man, where if I have 5,000 invested in my comp, my take back is going to be 250,000. It's one of those where it's like, okay, I got to make sure I get at least 125 K back no matter what. So the hedging process is interesting where, uh, I thought they were going to beat the saints, right? I was already going to bet the Buccaneers to bet the Saints, So I didn't touch it. I, I let it ride. in that point, when it came to green Bay, I go, okay, I have to break this down as if I have to hedge here and then hedge the next game they play with the Buccaneers. So I probably in total put like 42,000 on them, the Buccaneers in that game. I mean, the, the Green Bay. Yeah, so took the L on that. So now I just took that 42 out of the 250. So then it comes to the Super Bowl, I'm betting the Bucs. I was like, All right, I believe in the Bucs here. But at the same time, I was like, you're going to not sleep for weeks if you don't hedge against Patrick Mahomes. Are you, like, and are you all, getting, are you getting offers by the way, this whole time on prop swap? Do you put it up just like a, an auction just to take, take some potential offers? I don't do it. So if, like worst case scenario, if I really wanted to get out, I just sell it to a client. Like that's my prop swap. But like I'm saying for normal Joe's do prop swap where these guys, I can do my tickets with I trust in the sense that I don't need them to give me the money at that exact time. I can just hold on to the ticket. I know even if it loses, they're going to pay me on the agreed upon amount just because they bet with my group. Like they're not going to try to lose that over a couple thousand dollars. So that stuff's a little easier. Where I, I, that's why I recommend prop swap because it's through a third party where it's all going to be ticked. You're going to get your money if you sell that ticket, no matter what. So right, right. for me, I, I tell people to hedge where, if you have a hundred dollars invested in your take backs, like I, I hit on Hideki this weekend, it was a hundred dollars. I bet went for 5,000. I didn't hedge that because it's only a hundred dollar bet where it's like, what's the point of hedging that it's a fun ride. And it's a hundred dollar investment where I could get a nice payday where, yeah, if I bet a grand to win 50 K, I probably would have put 25 K on the field that morning. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, I'm not going to mess around with that kind of money, but when it's a small right. investment, I let it ride. Cause it's just, it's more fun. And it's like, what's the point of hedging out just a couple hundred. Well, so on that note, uh, Simon Hunter of the Action Network and Volume Sports, uh, looking at the Super Bowl odds for next year, KC plus 500, Tampa plus 800, Bills plus 1,200, then it's Packers, Rams, Ravens, Niners, Browns, Colts. Is there a Niners from two years ago, Bucks from last year futures that you're looking at, at nibbling on in April? Always, always. So that's <laughs> what I'm trying to get into people here is like, Every team you just said there, do not put a single dime on any of those teams because at the end of the year, you're going to be able to get the same amount of value. Take that money you're going to bet and buy stock with it. That's what I would say because that at least your money is going to grow over that period of time where I'm trying to get into people's head. You're, you're putting money. The sportsbook wants you to bet these futures because you're giving them whatever I'm giving them a couple thousand. They get to hold that couple thousand for the next year until they pay me out. So. I, I draw the line at 20 to one where it's, if you're going to bet a future, if it's under 20 to one, don't touch it. Just wait, see how the season goes. You'll either get better value, who knows, but the easy example is the chiefs. I mean, the chiefs had 
just two years ago, Mahomes went down and I think he might have missed two to three games. And I got them a 12 to one, 10 to one, a bunch of things the year they won the Super Bowl, just simply because he missed a couple games midseason where, like you just said, they're plus 500 this year. That's what they should be all year or like even better odds, because we know Mahomes is going to be in the AFC championship game. So that's what you're waiting on. You're waiting on opportunities during season on these top teams. So like the Buccaneers, that's not terrible value on betting them now. But they, they're probably going to start start slow. They're coming off a Super Bowl win. It's a new year. It's always teams that win the Super Bowl usually start the year slow. So that's one of those, if you like the Buccaneers, wait until week five, week six, and then take your future because you're definitely going to get better value than you are right now. Yeah. Um. So right now on like division outrights, conference outrights, do you, do you want to give us – a little bit of your good burger secret sauce into what you're firing on. That's like not one of the top six, but actually something that like, Oh wow, this team, uh, we're pulling a rabbit out of a hat here. Do you, do you want to, or are you still in research mode uh, here in April? No, I hit, I've hit everything. So like, um, if people want like crazy long shot Super Bowls, I, I will st- like at this point in the year, I go 50 to one and like above. So it sounds crazy. But Washington, with that defense, a lot of people are going to talk about them just because of the defense. But that's like that's something I love where year to year, year in, year out, defense is really consistent. And who knows with Fitz? Fitz is like it's such a negative because who knows what's going to happen with him. But at the same time, in that division, I could see a way that they win that division. They have a top seed again. You're getting good value of 50 to one on that. And then another team that is it's just it's hard to say because we don't know what they're going to do is Denver and I I hate being that guy because of the division they're in but you just look at the weapons they have in offense and the weapons they have on defense and it's like man if Locke can just somehow figure it out they could he is working with Manning he is working with Manning this offseason I saw that and it's like it's one of those where I bet it early at hopes that maybe they'd be in the run for Watson now that I know it's Locke I'm not happy about it but at the same time I still think there's good value on it just because it's one of those you bet 100, you could win 6,000. I could see them being that 60 to 1 kind of crazy long shot where who knows what happens with the Chiefs? They have a year down and Herbert, because that's the whole thing in that division right now. Everyone's all about Herbert, everyone's about Mahomes. That's what you're looking for. You're looking about looking for a team that no one's going to be talking about that's just a really random outside the box team. Yeah, absolutely. And just a couple more for you, then we'll, we'll let you jam. Uh, just in terms of back to the NFL draft, is there any other just strong lean you have on value, whether it's the over under on Trey Lance on, on Lance at seven and a half. I mean, Najee Harris is minus minus one seventy five first running back off the board. Um, Sertan, the second first corner off the board. I mean, do you have any fun ones like that? I know I'm taking, I'm taking the over on pits just because I'm banking on Burrow and chase rekindling. They just signed uh, Moss as well to the, to the Bengals, so maybe they're bringing a little bit of chemistry back. Do you have one of those fun ones with either a name or a team that you see that's value for us uh, listening and, and wanting to fire on something and tell you? The Bengals don't take an offensive lineman. That'd be one of the worst decisions they've ever made. Wow. Um, it, it's it's definitely – this draft is interesting. Like we talked about, there's no combine. There's no face-to-face meetings. And I, a guy I really trust – put out that he sees Slater being the first offensive lineman taken and he's just not saying that just to say it I think there's a lot of things we don't know about so well that maybe is some type of character issues or who knows what 
but Slater right now is plus 350 at uh, DraftKings. So just for like good juice odds, that's not a terrible long shot because this guy is pretty incredible. Um, another thing I like is like we talked about the Patriots trading up. Yeah, it, it, there's certain books you can get right now. Them taking fields a plus a thousand, the Patriots with their first pick, just because the the book obviously is acting like the Patriots won't be in a position to take fields. So just for like a little small bet that I'm gonna do before the draft, that's that's what I'm doing. And then every year we see a wide receiver slide, and the more I read, the more it seems like it's gonna be Smith at Alabama. And I think he's hurt himself by not stepping on the scale, not telling people how much he weighs, not doing workouts, things like that, where. His over-under is 10 and a half, and I could see him sliding for real past that. So right now, for my favorite bet, I, I've been I've been doing a decent amount on Smith because I came into loving him, but the more like you just said, Chase, I love Chase. And I see that like it's just it's hard to say what's gonna happen, but just Chase and Pitts, they're so far above the other guys. It just feels like those will be the two first guys taken in the top 10. Is there something you're looking at? Are you waiting for the draft to fully fire on it? Um, just any last minute futures thoughts. And then is there a world where you can fade public on futures? Uh, is there even, can you even look at action from your just inside the the gambling counter, professionally speaking in, in Vegas? Can you see what everyday people can't from a futures perspective and that helps you make make you look at the painting a little differently i wish there was something like that i'd be pretty sweet they have that stuff yeah. towards like when the season gets closer they'll put those numbers out off the top of my head you just go big markets so it's like i i will never in my lifetime ever have a futures bet on the dallas cowboys and that's worked <laughs> out great for me the last 30 years so here's our sound bite right there baby you can wrap it up to go <laughs> but that's like the that's the guy's truth there's just teams like that where it's like no matter what you've already lost the value because the public's going to hit that number regardless so whatever so say they're 40 to 1 or whatever they are 35 to 1 the cowboys should be 50 to 1 they're they're no greater than washington like i know they have Dak back and he's the best quarterback in that division but it's it's definitely one of those where it's like it, it's there's just a certain teams that are just bet up but for crazy long shots, um, it's hard to say division right now because, like you just said, we are so far out and there's so much that has to happen. But I do love the, what the Panthers are doing. And like we just said, that we could see the Bucks, you know, coming off the Super Bowl, having a slow start. It's not like they won the division last year. The Saints kind of ran away with that division. And we have right. a Saints team that just lost Drew Brees. They're in cap hell. We could see them having problems. Atlanta – Every year, everyone has high hopes for Atlanta. Every year, everyone's going to tell you. Like, that's what a lot of people, they're going to be telling them, people to bet them for Super Bowl long shots because they're like 55 to 1 or 50 to 1. I, I'm trying to tell people to stay away from Atlanta. They're, they're, plus, eight, they're plus 850 to win the South, Simon. That's what I mean. It, it feels like a trap where it's like every year they try to suck me in on Atlanta. And ever since that Super Bowl, I think we learned that that, was, that said more about Shanahan since the fact that Shanahan's left and he took the 49ers to a Super Bowl. And I don't think the Atlanta's finished over 500 since the season after that. Like they played the Eagles in the NFC, uh, the NFC wild card. They got knocked down ever since then. They've just not had made the playoffs. So I'm trying to get people to stay away from Atlanta where I know what people are thinking. They're saying, no, this is the last run for Matt Ryan. Nah. I just want people to stay away from Atlanta, please. Well, is there and it, do you ever fire on what is the favorites? Like, do you see a Tampa Kansas City rematch? I, I mean, I, I just don't see a world right now where with all 22 starters returning, I, I mean, how do we bet against the Bucs? I mean, are you putting anything on the Bucs again? No, 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 no. I like really? that. I mean, I'll, I'll touch Bucks like week five or six because I'm telling you, they're going to start out slow like it's just 
the Chiefs last year were like a freak team where they started out really well. I think, I mean, they, what were they? 15, they like won 15, they won 15 straight games, something crazy like that. But yeah. that's just the not, that's just super rare where Brady knows, man, nothing matters in September. Like he's yeah. had that mentality since he's started the Patriots. So as like a gambler, that- then are you kind of, I mean, every one, week one through four matters, of course, we're betting on games, but as a futures better, are you looking at the board like Brady looks at September? hundred percent, man. Uh, that's why I like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. It's, if anyone could take anything from this, it would just be if you're going to give your money to a sports book for nine months to hold on to, do crazy long shots. Because, like, we just talked about the Bucks, that was a crazy long shot. The 49ers, that was a crazy long shot. The year before that, the Eagles, I think they were 40 to one. So it's like you, you just want to take these teams that people aren't really thinking about. They're sleeping on here in April because that's just how football is, man. Like I said, the more you know, the less you know. So, like, you, like you said, the, the Bucks Chiefs, why wouldn't that be the matchup come uh, the Super Bowl? The odds of that are just so small, and the odds you're getting on betting that just aren't worth it because they should be reflecting how small of a chance that is to happening, but they don't because that's what I've, everyone thinks is going to happen. It most likely is going to happen, but at the same time, it's not going to happen because football, just weird stuff happens. Like, I can't re- illustrate that enough. Think of all – like, the Bucks, that the Saints were winning 21-10, to 10, I believe, and that guy fumbled the ball to the, the, the Saints at the 50-yard line. Tom Brady went scored a touchdown – Three and out by the Saints. He went down and scored another touchdown. They beat the Saints are on to the next game. That's what, like, in an instant, everything can just get flipped. So that's what I'm betting. I'm betting on that weird things are going to happen. That's how I make my living at the NFL. And that about does it for another episode. Shout out to the homie Simon. Ryan on the ones and twos. It's been an absolute blast as it always is. Clippers catching L to the Sixers. Doc Sixers at Wells Fargo Center. Give me a two-team degenerate English Premier League. Sunday breakfast tea with a little Sunday parlay. And we wrap it up with Whitaker by points. Saturday night fight night over Kevin Gastelum. That is your Friday podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, all things Bunny Lion Monaco. For Ryan, I'm Alex. For Simon, I'm Monaco. That's it for us. Don't forget to follow my picks on the Action Sports Network app. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Shout, shout us out on the gram, baby. I'm, I'm talking back. I'm clapping back with everybody. Thank you for listening. Happy Friday. Crackle Bev. Don't forget to hug your mothers. I'm out.